Hi, I'm Hannah Bailey. And I'm Taffer Ajemian. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Before we get into this week's episode, a reminder that we're in the middle of a huge fundraising campaign for the Upward Network right now. At the time of recording, we're just over $6,400, but by the time this episode comes out, we're hoping to have passed uh, $6,600. If you've got a few bucks to donate, uh, we'd love if you could help us out. You'll get lots of great perks, including being a guest on this show for just $60. So this week, we're back to our usual format of uh, reviewing Young Adult Lit that we love. Um, Today, we're talking about Love, Hate, and Other Filters by Samira Ahmed, New York Times bestselling author. Um, It's a New York Times bestselling book. Love, Hate, and Other Filters is a novel about Maya Aziz, a young uh, Indian-American woman um, from a Muslim family. Um, And it deals with... uh, relationships and family relationships and uh also islamophobia and um racism in america mm-hmm. and it's very good yeah so we both loved this book a lot uh we got to chat with the author at Yafest, which we talked a little bit about and then we got to read the book and it is it is very good so if you haven't read it you should mm-hmm. um so there's a whole lot to talk about with this book. I think one of the things that we wanted to start with uh, is something that the author mentioned um, in in one of the panels that we were at at the Yeah Fest, which is that uh, she it's really important for her to write characters as as whole people and to even though well even though it's maybe the wrong phrasing, but like her book is a lot about some hard topics, but she make sure that her character has a life outside of the fact that she deals with racism and Islamophobia. And and I think we really loved how that was done. So we want to talk mm-hmm. about it a little bit. Yeah, I think um, um, even more than it being like a, a way of coping with difficult topics, like Samira Ahmed made it really clear that um, for her, it's more about... Uh, almost normalizing the experience that yes. something something she said repeatedly is that um experiencing racism experiencing islamophobia is just um normal. is is for many many kids a normal experience an average part of life mm-hmm. uh just like having crushes and yes. getting into scuffles with your parents yes. i think that's something that um that people who don't experience that kind of uh, bias and um, aggression are very uncomfortable with facing. We're very uncomfortable with saying for a lot of people this is normal because mm-hmm. we'll get um, this is normal and this should be normal conflated and think that if we're saying this yes. is normal for many people, what we're saying is this normal is, is okay. The normal is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, I think. Ahmed's writing becomes really impactful in the place where she makes it. Um, You know, I'm 17, I'm in my last year of high school, I have a crush on Phil, Uh, I get 
um, microaggressions thrown at me daily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a very, it's a very real portrayal. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very good. Yeah, I think it's much more powerful than it would be if... if it was just like, this is my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Or or if it's yeah. um, sensationalized. Yes. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah. Mm. I really mm. appreciated that. Um, yeah. I, I really appreciated how much of the book is uh, um Like a balanced. romance? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I remember, I remember being I don't know surprise is the right word but being like struck by that when I was reading the book that it's Mm -hmm. like I mean I think it's it's soul it's marketed to an extent as being like a book that's about Islamophobia which it is Mm -hmm. but it's also like a fun teen romance and Mm -hmm. it's also so yeah she does a very good job of just sort of showing us Maya's whole life yeah uh which includes like pretty horrible racism Mm -hmm. but also includes like everything else Mm -hmm. it's similar in that sense to uh some of the things that came up when we were reviewing the hate you give and really really identifying um both that it's a powerful book about Mm -hmm. north american culture yes um and that it's a really fun relatable book about yeah. a teenager's life yep uh, and I think this this book is is very similar it's mm-hmm. been fun actually a few of the books that we haven't necessarily gotten to yet that we will be reviewing in the next mm-hmm. few weeks um there's been this theme yes. of of really the YA genre with all the concerns and the readability mm-hmm. and the fun and the interest and also interacting really uh deeply with really important subject matter mm-hmm. um and it's just it's fun for me anyway as like a, a lifelong YA reader to see the genre getting kind of challenged and expanded yes. and and uh not replaced but um bettered yes yeah, yeah absolutely um and and it's also, again, I think a mark of why, well, we've talked about this before, but why we like YA and that it it does a better job, I think, than some other genres of of balancing, tackling mm-hmm. hard topics with that not being the only thing that the yeah. book is about. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's jump into what makes Maya a whole person and why we, <laughs> yeah. why we like it. So yeah, I, one of the things that I remember being like, struck by when I was reading this book is it's not a huge book but like there's so much that happens Mm -hmm. and there's so much that is like dealt with very very well so um so Maya is it seven 17 she's 17 17. she's a 17 year old girl living in small town I don't remember what state she lives in she's in Illinois she's out in the Chicago area right small town Illinois right yes she lives in a small town outside of Chicago Batavia which is like kind of a suburb yes um and she goes to school and she wants to pursue filmmaking even though her parents want her to be not a filmmaker and be something more lucrative uh she has a crush on a boy and she doesn't know if he likes her back um and she's also at the same time uh sort of navigating her parents attempting to set her up with with suitable boys um and and she also in the middle of this um deals with some like really intense islamophobia and racism Mm -hmm. one of the things i really appreciated about it um uh from kind of a writing standpoint Mm -hmm. is that the book opens uh really setting up 
uh, flirtation between her and Kareem, who's a family friend. Yes. And and for her, it's the first time there's been like a suitable boy, according to her parents' demographic, who, who she, she is actually... also really interested in. Yes. But what I loved, and, and it just felt so real as a narrative, mm-hmm. is that um, you sort of start in this moment of like, ooh, this person's really interesting. Maybe this is the mm-hmm. person. And then, and then a little bit later in the book, it comes up that she has this kind of long-standing crush Mm -hmm. on this guy that she's always seen as um, unattainable, and that becomes an option, and that just kind of changes her landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel that often in YA novels, you know who the the love interest is from the get from like the first page. Yes, Yeah. yeah. It was refreshing. It was like, oh, like. What's this? Is, is this boy? Is yeah. This other boy? And it felt, I mean, I was going to say familiar as a teenager, but honestly, yeah. just as a person. Just as like, like a human, yes. Like, being in love with like eight people at once, yes. Yeah, or like having a crush and being like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe this, this person will help person. me get over this crush that I find unattainable and mm, then I'll be yes. able to just like start new and I won't have the stress. And yes. like, um, there's just so much like, uh, there's mm-hmm. so much flux in the book. There's so much change yes. and growth and, and back and forth. And it's just, it's so relatable. It's so livable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I remember the the moment or the kind of, the, the little segment where Maya kind of realizes that even though she really likes this boy as a person, she doesn't like, to borrow a phrase from middle schoolers, like, like him. Um, oh, that's actually even a book phrase in the book. Oh, okay. Like at one point, Violet is like, "No, <laughs> no, you thing. like him, like him." <laughs> like, yeah. um, and and her kind of having that realization, and then feeling awful about it, and having to like talk to him about it, is just like a very relatable feeling, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it also. I will say that as a teenager, had I been in that position which I was once or mm-hmm. twice, um, I just committed to the relationship that I wasn't committed to. And, oh, yeah. and then it would crash and burn several months later when I went, the thing is I have never really liked you. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I did that as a 20-year-old. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit it, but I, yeah, I did that as a 20-year-old. Again, um, relatable. <laughs> yeah, very relatable is what yeah. we're saying. <laughs> uh, and then we're maybe going to touch on this more later, but I also really loved how how then that relationship morphs into like kind of an older brother relationship and it's like very sweet and lovely or even just a friendship yeah like i I think she uses older brother relationship to sell her parents on it but because they're like why are you breaking up yeah that's true but But it is it's It's a good friendship they they started off crushing on each other they made out once or twice and then she Mm. was like i think this isn't really what i want Mm mm-hmm um, I think it's significant that he's a couple years older, so yes. he is maybe more used to that. More used to that kind of thing. Yeah, he takes um, it very well. Yeah, and there, and he's just like, yeah, thank you for telling me. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, let's be friends. Yeah. yeah and, it's, <laughs> and it's like a genuine, like, let's be friends, like, call me if you need anything. Exactly. Kind of and it's very, it's very and, nice. And she does. Mm-hmm. And he's there, and he's a character through the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just really 
pleasant. Yes, it's lovely. I, it's not it's not unheard of in YA books, but I always really appreciate it when yeah. it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's so that's Kareem, and he's mm-hmm. um, he's a significant character. Yes, but then the the guy that she ditches Kareem for, or doesn't ditch Kareem for, the guy that she turns him <laughs> yeah. down for. Yes. Uh, is Phil, who is mm-hmm. a guy she's known since kindergarten. They've mm-hmm. been friends um, all along. Yes. And she's just kind of mentally put him in a category of unach- unachievable. Yes. Yeah. She has just kind of like decided that like he is the golden boy who everybody loves and I will love him from a distance kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and then they become sort of better friends and then are flirting a lot and she starts to kind of think that this might actually be able to become something yeah well I think at least for me it was pretty evident from their first interaction that he was hella crushing oh yes absolutely but she does not she does not realize realize that that from the beginning oh yeah it's it's very clear (laughs) yeah that Um, he is like he's like making up reasons to hang out with her yes you know uh um really making their first interactions like beautiful and pleasant and like putting in a ton of effort um like Mm -hmm. he asks her to help him with his homework and he brings cake like (laughs) um yeah but she has really put herself in this category Mm -hmm. of like well he is uh Mm-hmm. White football captain and mm-hmm. prom king. Actually, both of those things. Yes, actually. Or homecoming king. Homecoming king, yes. Uh, he also, at the time, has a girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, is a reasonable uh, um, reason to, to write somebody off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, like, again, more, more, uh, this one is actually more high school relatable, but like, very relatable like I think it happens a lot in high school that you're dating somebody and you get a crush on somebody else and and you like you have to feel out that crush before you can leave the security of the relationship yeah Yeah. which is like a shitty thing that you should grow out of but is very normal in high school yes I feel like many humans also don't grow out of that yeah but you really should you should you should (laughs) like like you should be not settling for a partner by the time you're like I'm gonna say like 24 yeah, that's, that's 24, a, 24, 25 is like the age you should off. be no longer settling. All right, not allowed to settle anymore, officially yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> it took me a little longer. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. everybody grows at their own pace. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. nice. Um, we were talking before uh, about, just when we were, mm-hmm. were prepping for this and yeah. talking about it, about how it's very much a, a book about self-actualization. Yes. And I think one of the really significant threads in that is Maya going from being somebody who thinks that um, this guy she finds really appealing and and lovely, Mm -hmm. um, going from thinking, he doesn't think anything of me because I am less than him. Yes. To To really depending on him. And, Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't like that choice of word, actually, because that makes it sound like she... Yeah, continues to think of herself as uh, inferior. But I think um, also realizing that she can be significant to him as yeah. well, because that's a big part of it is is him sharing parts of himself with her that he hasn't shared with other people. Yeah. Um, and so it really is this this sort of give and take, and this realizing that uh, that she can be important to him mm-hmm. the same way that he's important to her, and that the um, the sense that she has of him 
is not necessarily the sense he has of himself. Like, yes, one of their first interactions, she finds out that he actually um, really wanted to play basketball and didn't have right. the skills to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And his coach said, like, eh, you're never going to be very good at basketball, but I think you'd be good at football. Maybe you should try that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then it turned out he was good at football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, like, you know, she's had this assumption that he's going to go on to get a football scholarship and he's really mm-hmm. serious about it. And he's yes. kind of like, no, this is really just like a high school gig for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to go to like a weird little school in New Hampshire and yes. do like outdoorsy stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> he really just his image of himself is so different mm-hmm. from the image Maya and the rest of the school community has of her mm-hmm. um, and the image his girlfriend at the beginning of the book has of him yes. which is one of the sort of central conflicts there for Phil's character mm-hmm. yes um, there's just a nice it, it's a nice foil like yes because they both in a lot of ways are kind of dealing with being who they want to be and not who other people want them to be mm-hmm. um, in very different ways but but it's a similar kind of struggle Uh Yeah, so one of the other uh, major things that we haven't touched on about Maya's character yet is that she is an aspiring filmmaker. uh, And she loves to do this. This is what she wants to go to school for. Um, But she has this this conflict where it's what she wants to do with her life. It's what she sees herself as. Whereas her parents um, really just view it as a hobby. And I forget if it's... uh, is there something that they specifically want her to be or just like something lucrative and important? I think a lawyer maybe. There's sort of an assumption like like at the very beginning yeah. she's like she ta- she joke sort of says wryly like she's waiting for the questions of oh med school or law school. Yes. Um yes. her parents are both dentists. Like I think it's so, it's not really a specific career so much as, as a like something practical and lucrative. Yes. So yeah. something so, yeah, law school or med school. Yeah. Likely, but that's not what she wants to do. Um, and so there's, she's also kind of feeling out, feeling out that and feeling out, uh, she has secretly applied to NYU's film school um, and gotten in. And she's feeling out at the same time as Phil is sort of struggling with his questions of identity. She is feeling out how to talk to her parents about the fact that this is what she wants to do with her life. Yeah. Um, and that that sort of struggle between, you know, doing something practical and responsible and, like, following your art. Uh, or just, like, following your passion more widely, but, like, especially following your art is uh, it's very relatable. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think what we see, really, in the parallels between um, Maya and Phil is two kids who are very much uh, pigeonholed by stereotypes about who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil's stereotype is a much more livable one yes. because it's one that people admire. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Maya's is is one that people do uh, denigrate, look down on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are both people who are interacting with this sense of mm-hmm. not being who people expect them to be yes. and feeling responsibility to um, what people expect them to be. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Maya feels the responsibility to her parents to be... um, The dutiful dutiful, Indian daughter, I think she describes it as many times. Yeah, Um, she's even talking about, like, her parents haven't even really addressed this yet, but she's already feeling 
anxiety. I'm going to take that one more time because I think I messed with the cord and mixed it up. Yeah. Um, her parents haven't really started addressing it yet, but she's already feeling anxiety about marriage pressures. Yes. Um, and really all that's happened is her mom occasionally introduces her to boys. Like her mm-hmm. mom says, of course we wouldn't want her to get married out like before she's done college, but it doesn't hurt to have someone in mind. Yes. And this has translated into Maya having this giant anxiety about like, do my parents want me to have an arranged marriage? Yes. Um, and that's really an anxiety that lives in her. It's not mm-hmm. something her parents are addressing. It's not something her parents are pushing. But like, but it's the very feels yeah. The very beginning of the book, she's at a a marriage for a friend that was an arranged marriage, and she is Mm -hmm. just um, so bound by this anxiety of is this what my parents want for me? Um, But she also feels that she can't talk to them about it. Yeah, and that's that's also an extremely an extremely relatable and just like you you well not universal but experience that can be applied to a lot of different situations of. Of assuming that there's pressure from your parents about something that's, like, it's not clear. Yeah. It's not been, like, clearly outlined, but it's definitely, like, it feels like it's there. And there's this, like, terrible fear of disappointing an expectation that hasn't even been, like, clearly um, outlined. Yeah. And Um, if... mm. Reminds me a lot about coming out, actually. Yeah. Uh, That, like, there's, like, never the... It's never been explicitly stated that you should be straight. Straighted that you should be straight. Um, But, like, it's an assumed expectation. And I... I, It's a similar... Yeah, it's a... It's it's just a very relatable experience. It was very relatable for me. Not in terms of coming out narratives, because I didn't (laughs) come out to my parents until I was 27. Um, But in in terms of being Mm -hmm. in high school, like, I remember... um, I grew up in a family that's I'm half Middle Eastern I there was like a certain amount of kind of um conservative norms from that side of my family uh and then I also grew up very religious so I had kind of uh there's a lot about that while the cultural experience is very different because I'm Mm -hmm. Armenian Italian it's a different um world mm-hmm. uh the I, the sense of like you shouldn't have to question the framework yes. you should know what it is yes you don't ask about it you don't like stir the pot <laughs> um mm-hmm. and like having talked to my mother as an adult I think a lot of that was not on purpose but <laughs> but, but, but I remember still has like, a huge impact yeah like I never talked to my parents about dating because mm-hmm. I knew I was not supposed to date. Mm-hmm. They didn't ever say that. <laughs> it but was just, you know, it was just clear. It was never part of the discussion. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Maya feels that responsibility to her parents. Mm-hmm. Phil feels that responsibility to his friends. Yeah. The major difference there is that... Um, in feeling that responsibility to her parents, in having that uh, commitment to her parents, Maya opens herself up to uh, lots of aggression and abuse from the outside world. Yes. And I mean, I, I kind of hate that I <laughs> said it that way now, actually, because, you know, also yeah. just her name and her skin tone and, mm-hmm. you know, the food she eats. <laughs> yeah, I would I would actually like, like challenge that yeah. a little bit and say that I don't know that it's so much her... 
her commitment to her parents that mm-hmm. but it but her commitment to her parents then becomes complicated by yeah um by that pressures from the well not pressures but uh, uh, what's aggression from the outside world yeah, yeah. um no you're and, right i said that badly <laughs> <laughs> uh so maybe we can start we'll start just jumping right into that yeah. so so for the first half of the book or so maya is kind of she's working on navigating uh navigating her her desire to stay true to what her parents want with her desire to stay true to herself and she's mm-hmm. making some sort of slow progress in that um and then something happens outside of her community that kind of shakes everything mm-hmm. uh so in is it in chicago no it's farther away springfield it's, it's in, another it's another uh um borough outside yeah. of chicago um there is a terrorist attack on a government building um and in the like immediate aftermath, uh, because a passport is found at the scene, um, people are assuming that a Muslim man with the same last name as Maya is the was the bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes out shortly thereafter that he was actually one of the victims and that the bomber was a white supremacist. Um, but even just that suspicion has a huge impact on anti-Islamic sentiment mm-hmm. uh, in in her community and and incites uh, both like violent racist attacks both against Maya's parents and against her. Mm-hmm. One of the moments around the attack, so her her school, Maya school, is put on lockdown yes. when reports of the attack first first start coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is is probably pretty commonplace now. Um, yeah. And while she's in the classroom, she is thinking to herself, yes. please don't let it be a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And um, the the issue around the passport, so the book, the, the structure of the book, uh, between mm-hmm. chapters, there are excerpts from other experiences. There are little mm-hmm. mini narratives. Um, following the build-up to and aftermath of the attack. Mm-hmm. So you get a sense from the beginning that something's coming. <laughs> um, something's but happen, the yeah. way it's written, it's it's very vague about... It's very ambiguous. Yeah, yeah it's it's obviously a narrative of, um, of extremist... Mm-hmm. Of extremifying I don't know like how you would how you would say that but of, yeah. of a young man you know being um, fostered in an extremist mm-hmm. um, community uh, but it's not clear what his, his ethnicity is and no uh, and it, I believe that it does make make reference even to the fact that he is religious yeah religious dark-haired but just um, not so it's it's very intentionally ambiguous yeah. and and I think it plays with the natural inclination we as a society have to assume things about yeah. people who yeah. uh, commit violent acts like suicide bombings. And going off of um, uh, the idea of assumptions, so one of these um, uh, narratives, mini-narratives, mm-hmm. 
is the FBI representative talking to the press. And he says, somebody asks, is it true that an Egyptian passport was found on the site? Mm -hmm. And he says, yes, and it belonged to, and gives the man's name. Which is, yeah. But says, but we are are looking into possible ties with extremist groups. Um, And that's just appalling. So, of course, the press goes off of that and says this man was the 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 bomber. Without acknowledging that this was a government building where naturalization ceremonies were taking place where immigration mm-hmm. took place where where naturally People there would, would be passports. passports yeah um so that's just yeah. massively irresponsible in the case of the FBI in the case yes. of the press but very very much something that happens mm-hmm. also um that fact and the fact that he shares a name with a last name with Maya opens mm-hmm. Maya and her family up specifically to really targeted violence. Yes. Um, I think it's really important to note that any time there is a terrorist act or a suicide bombing, the public mentality immediately jumps to um, Muslim extremists. Yes. Why? Which is um, which overlooks the fact that uh, I think most of the religious extremists who commit terrorist acts in the United States, probably also in Canada. Yeah, are Christian. Um, are, Christ- are white Christian men. Yeah. Um, yeah, overwhelmingly, with, I think. With fascist uh, and neo-Nazi ties. Yeah. Um, um, but that's just... That's no, But that's not the narrative we like to tell. And it's and it's just that that whole moment is so um, real and tangible mm-hmm. and relatable. And again, I mean, I think that brings me back again to this, this idea that we get really uncomfortable with of this is normal yes people assuming that an attack was done by Mm -hmm. muslim extremists and then channeling that into racist and Mm -hmm. anti-islamic sorry islamophobic violence is normal normal and well i think maya's the 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 moment you were talking about earlier at the school Mm -hmm. is a real good underscore of that Mm -hmm. where even before they know anything, that is the first thought in Maya's mind yeah. is, if this person is a Muslim, this is what will happen. Please let it not be that. Mm-hmm. And there's a... Um, um, I, I was done. Yeah, there's a window into Maya's psychology also afterwards mm-hmm. where um, when the news breaks about there having been a <laughs> Egyptian passport on the, size, on yeah. the site, um, Maya really explodes at her parents and mirrors, in fact, a lot of the um, a lot of the bigotry, and says, you know, why can't those people just stay in their country? Why do they have to attack us? Why do they put such a bad name on Islam? And her mother's saying, you know, these guys are the antithesis of Islam. Mm-hmm. They have no place in in our religion. You should know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved that moment because it it really typifies the tension Maya has. Yes as identifying both as an Indian Muslim American and very much as an American. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And that's just, it's, it's just really well done. Very well. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I, I said this already, but it's really significant that even though the terrorist is not a Muslim, even though the terrorist is not brown, it doesn't uh, it make doesn't a difference. It doesn't make a difference in the aftermath. No. Um, 
Um, and that, and that's actually touched on really directly by Maya's parents who like once it has come out that this, who the real bomber was, um, cause my, Maya's parents react very strongly, uh, after this happens and they, they kind of impose more restrictions on Maya yeah. to keep her, to keep her safe. Uh, yeah. cause they're worried. Um, and then. Maya thinks that these things should relax once they've discovered that no, the the bomber was actually not Muslim. Um, but then her parents' argument is, well, like this is what happened when it wasn't even a Muslim bomber. Yeah. What yeah. would happen if it was? And and um, her parents. I mean, while I think her parents do overreact, her parents have a broader perspective and yeah, have seen more absolutely. of it. And of course, this all. Um, climaxes in mm-hmm. Maya being physically attacked yes. by one of her classmates mm-hmm. um, who has, there's been a gradual escalation throughout the book from microaggressions, weird looks, mm-hmm. um, whispered to, comments, to verbal assault, to verbal assault, to, to physical, physical assault. assault. Um, and that's when her parents really panic, yes. which, which I fully understand. I mean, as Absolutely, a parent, like yeah. again, her parents overreact. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, her parents don't don't respond in the wisest way, and they do end up mm-hmm. opening her up to to more risk because she mm-hmm. runs away. Yes, um, but I understand that panic. I understand that mm-hmm. we're keeping you in the house forever. <laughs> um, yeah, because the world yeah. is scary and terrifying and awful. Yeah, and, and the yeah um, the assault. I think is really wonderfully written in that mm-hmm. um, it's not a one-off. It's not somebody responding to the bombing very clearly. It's not somebody. Responding no, it's somebody to the who's bombing. always had, who's always wanted to do this, mm-hmm. and and has kind of become emboldened by, but yeah, by the Islamophobic backlash. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and then now feels like he can. Yes. Um, um, one of the things I really appreciated in the aftermath of that, because Phil, um, Maya's, are they dating at that point? Uh, I think that they're dating at that point. I think that they're like together or, at they, that point. They're, they're certainly oh, yes, no, well on their way. She was planning on sneaking off to make out with him. Right. Right. Bef- like right before this happens. Right. She had been planning on doing that. So yes, or, they're together. Or hanging out with him. I think they haven't kissed yet. Oh, maybe they haven't. But okay. Anyways. Anyway. Um, and he comes and breaks up the fight. Yes. And later when he's talking to her about it, he, he's saying, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she mm-hmm. says, like, why are you apologizing? You, you, I don't know what I would have done if you mm-hmm. hadn't come in. Yeah. And he said, I'm, I'm apologizing because this guy has been saying shit like this for a year. Yes. And, and I should have reported it. I should have called him on it. I, I mm-hmm. could have interceded before this escalated. Yes. Um. And I appreciated that very, very much. <laughs> because so often people don't get that. And yeah, it's really, really refreshing to see mm-hmm. him kind of taking responsibility for the fact that, yeah, he... He should have. He should have. He mm-hmm. should have done something about it before it got to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like super refreshing to it, see him being like, yeah, I should have. It shouldn't take... Um, it shouldn't take violent physical assault. It shouldn't take violent physical assault be... specifically against the girl you like. 
yes. to bring a white person to the point of speaking up against bigotry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, if you if you create a climate in which it's okay to you know throw slurs around, yeah. Or, well, I, I or, was gonna say if you create a climate in which it is not okay to throw slurs oh. around, and it is it is not okay to say nasty things about people based on their religion or on their yes. ethnicity, um, then you don't have people who feel emboldened. Yeah, then you create a climate in which it's not, by extension, it is not okay yeah. to violent, physic- violently physically assault somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that hard to create that climate. It's, no. it's not that hard to just not laugh at the jokes, to say, mm-hmm. that's really not cool, to say, yeah. like, that's racist. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, like, yeah, you, that might focus some of the aggression on you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's better. Yes. Like. Yeah. Yeah. If you are in a position of privilege, yeah, sometimes that means, like, exposing yourself to a small amount of aggression in order to diffuse a larger amount of aggression uh, directed at someone else. Um. Yeah, so yeah. before we wrap up, like, we did, um, we did talk about Maya's parents a little. Mm-hmm. I want to get into it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they're they're great. They're very well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's encouraging to see parents who both clearly really love and care about their daughter mm-hmm. and also really clearly don't know the best way to parent her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a really <laughs> it's a really compassionate take. Yeah. Um, which I think is important and especially important. Well, it's, I think important for anyone who has parents and an active yeah. relationship with them to read because I think it's really easy to to be hard on your parents for the choices that they mm-hmm. make that aren't great. But the, the book, like you were saying, does a really good job of of making you understand why they're making yeah. those choices. I think it's I think it's both. I think it's both easy to I think people tend to lean one way or another. It's either yes. really easy to give your parents uh, too much pressure, too much flack for not doing yes. everything perfectly. It's also really easy to give your parents too much grace yes. and too much leeway and yeah, to say, true. like, yes, they mistreated me or, but, but you know, they were doing the best they can or they really mm-hmm. love me. It is really encouraging to see, like, what I loved about this mm-hmm. parent relationship is that her parents are written with a lot of compassion Mm -hmm. but are also not let off the hook yes um and the book does end with her um taking a step back from her parents and saying like well i am doing what i need to do i am moving to new york i am Mm -hmm. studying film Mm -hmm. um I understand you're not going to give me financial support in that. I understand I can't live at home during this. Mm-hmm. But this is this still is I doing. am prioritizing my well-being. Mm-hmm. Um and and her parents do cut her off. Yeah. And it there's left uh hope for mm-hmm. rebuilding that relationship yes. that is left open at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Um but I think often in young adult novels, what we see is the parents come around to the kid's way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's refreshing to see a book in which the parents do not come around to the kid's mm-hmm. way of thinking. Yeah. And there are consequences. Yes. 
Um, yeah, and those are real and yeah. and hard. Yeah, I think her relationship with her aunt is really significant. In yes, that. Hema, it's lovely. Uh, who is her mother's sister? Who is single and a graphic designer and mm-hmm. lives on her own? Mm-hmm. Um, and in is Chicago. still extremely close to her sister. Yes, who went the more more traditional route? Mm-hmm. Um, I like that both because it enables Maya to make the choices she needs to make. Mm-hmm. I don't think she could have made those choices without without the support having that yeah that yeah. one supportive um, in her family and i like seeing space made for extra parental relationships being yes, significant being in a important. teenager's life mm-hmm. yeah um but i also like that the fact that hima and her sister are still close leaves room for maya to reconcile with her parents yes yeah yeah it leaves it leaves room for hope yeah and uh yeah which is lovely yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we talk so much about that phrase, writing into hope. But mm-hmm. but it's um, really, really evident in yeah. this book. So on that note, I wanted to, to wrap up today by reading Samira Ahmed's author's note, uh, which is going to take a little bit of time, but I think it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the author's note, which is at the end of Love, Hate, and Other Filters. I wrote this book out of hope. I was a New Yorker on September 11, 2001. My old apartment in New York City's East Village once had a clear view of the World Trade Center. During the years I lived there, on the anniversary of 9-11, I would stare out of my big picture window at the two bright shafts of light beaming up to the heavens, towards those we lost. Mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, brothers and sisters, friends, lovers, wealthy and working class, old and young. Americans, tourists, those who chose to make this place their home, those born here. Muslim and Jew, Christian and Hindu, Buddhist and atheist, every race, every creed, all of them human beings. To those of us who live, who bear witness, the tribute and light shines as a beacon and reminder that though we are many, we are one. I wrote this book out of love. Raghead, terrorist, packy, illegal, I've been called lots of names that aren't my own, and it stings every time, forever, burned in my memory. But my experiences of Islamophobia and bigotry are mild compared to the violence many others have faced, will face. In recent times, we've seen hate emerge out of dark corners, torches blazing in the night. We've witnessed so-called leaders not merely casually accept cruelty, but engender it. Worse, we've seen horrific violence. But all around us, we've seen people rise up, not merely against the forces of hate, but for equality and justice. Bigotry may run through the American grain, but so too does resistance. We know the world we are fighting for. And for those who bear the brunt of hate because of the color of their skin, or the sound of their name, or the scarf on their head, or the person they love, for those who are spat upon, for those who are told to go home when they are home. You are known. You are loved. You are enough. Let your light shine. I wrote this book for you. So that was by Samira Ahmed. Oh, hi. Can you Hi, yeah. Um... I'm just gonna wash my hands here. Uh, 
I know what you're wondering, what are you doing in my bathroom? Well, this is very easy to explain. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me just blow dry my hair here. Uh, I'm here to tell you about Lasers on the Ride podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's a mix of comedy, uh, interviews, and the existential drama that only real life can bring. Now I'm going to go take a shower. Goodbye. Topics of High Importance, a podcast where we get high and explore food, science, gaming, pop culture, and beyond. Filled with super tangents, forgetful flubs, and that awkward kind of tension that can only be produced by a married couple. Topics of High Importance on the Upford Network. Join us, won't you? (laughs) Thanks for listening to Yeah! If you want to leave feedback suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast, and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, and by sharing this episode with a friend. You can support us not for free by donating money to the Indiegogo campaign uh, to help the Upward Network build a sound booth. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. <laughs>